Good afternoon, family. This is Chris. You listen to Encouraging Your Spirit, the podcast. I hope this message finds you doing well. Today, we're talking about servanthood and what it means for our everyday life, whether we're in ministry or just living your everyday life as a citizen in these United States or abroad. The scripture is Mark 9, 35. It says, sitting down, Jesus called the 12 and said, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. And that's the NIV version, Mark 9, 35. First is from the Greek root word protos. It means first in influence, honor, and rank. In this case, it would mean the chief of the disciples. Servant is from the Greek root word diakonos and simply means one who acts on the desires of another. It is where we get our word deacon, which is someone who manages church resources to fill the needs of the members. You know, when we're in this scripture, we find that Jesus is with his disciples. It's before the time period where he's getting ready to go to the cross. It's in the upper room and he's given them this scripture yet James and John make a bold request of Jesus to sit at the right and the left hand of Jesus in his glory or in his kingdom and you know in response to that Jesus echoes the same words from before reminding them that whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant and whoever wants to be first must be a slave of all And, you know, what this means often or what it means in the context is, you know, leadership in the time of prosperity and power looks very different than leadership in persecution and hardship. And many of the disciples haven't yet grasped or they don't understand at this time that Jesus's glory will not come until after his suffering and death. Or if we look in every uh, everyday example, think about it this way. In times of peace, a military commander might wear a fitted uniform and there'll be all these medals on their chest. There'll be accolades either from political leaders or the community or just accolades, period. Yet in the time of war, you know, the military commander's focus and job is not about the uniform. It's about his or her responsibility to their troops and their effectiveness and survival, no matter how it may cost his or her career. And, you know, also that occurs in this scripture is that we find, you know, Jesus, as I said, they're with, you know, the disciples are with Jesus during the Last Supper. And we find Jesus wrapping a towel around his waist and beginning to wash their feet. Feet. And the significance of this act in the upper room is profound. Why? Because feet washing was reserved for servants. Dust, saturated roads, open sandals, general inaccessibility to regular bathing meant the feet might have been a little bit gross if we're going to keep it 100. And Jesus is their teacher and their master, yet he bowed before them in an act of humble servants. And he also performed this act in private and out of view of onlookers. What's the point? Jesus wanted the disciples to realize that it is not the boasting of our capabilities that make us great in Abba's eyes. Grandiose gestures of service or generous monetary donations are nice, but they don't place on the, us on the Forbes 500 list of most successful follower of Abba. 
Jesus was the perfect model of servanthood because as the son of God, he had every right to demand praise, honor, and glory. Yet he set his own reputation and considered others, thus putting the kingdom of God first. This was the message that was portrayed by Jesus before his disciples in that upper room. Esteeming others above ourselves, not just in word, but in deed. The act of foot washing was a precursor cursor to the ultimate act of service, humility and obedience. Just hours later, Jesus would lay down his life on the cross. You know, what does that mean for everyday life? Well, you know, the things that I think about that this means is we have to think about servanthood in times of good times, bad times, and crisis. And we think about where we are today. You know, many of us are sheltered in place in our homes. We can't necessarily go down to the church service, if you will, because if it's more than 10 people, that'll be a problem. So how does servanthood look during these times? I think a good way that servanthood looks during these times is being accessible, you know, to your members. And you don't have to be a ministry leader in order to be accessible. And all I'm saying when I'm talking about accessibility is reaching out and checking on other members in the church. Reach out to your pastor. See how your pastor is doing. Is there anything you can do to help, to be of service? If that's contact other members or if that's pray, then do that. That's what that looks like, you know. In everyday life, you know, we're, as I say, we're in shelter in place. We're working from home, you know, check on your coworkers, the ones that you have relationships with and know, see how they're doing. Cause everybody is not fine. It would be great to say that they are, but they're not, you know, there are a lot of memes and, you know, funny statements and things that are out there. They're talking about extroverts and introverts during this time of the virus and how, you know, extroverts miss people introverts are really good i know this firsthand because i'm an extrovert i work as an academic librarian i miss interactions with people all my conference travel is is no longer happening for me and while i have things to do in my work from home and i praise god for that i miss people meanwhile my wife she has her whole office set up at the you know kitchen table She's ecstatic about the ability to sing songs with her Pandora list out, you know, out loud because normally she'd have to listen to it with a headphone. But it's business as usual because, you know, her job, they have essential projects and things that need to occur. Yet it's also, you know, a time where people withdraw. People are not doing fine. You know, just this week we received the news that a fellow library coworker excuse me, took his life, you know, and the sadness that that invoked because, you know, we don't necessarily know all of the situations that are surrounding that, but, you know, we do know that. And I know several, I didn't know that particular coworker personally, but I know several of um, that particular library coworkers friends. And so whether it's the virus or whether it's whatever the case may be during this time, how can we serve others? How can we bear one another's burdens. There are people that are getting laid off from their jobs. There are people that are concerned about going to work and, you know, their contact with, you know, issues that could happen, you know, possibly obtaining the virus or just being the level of exposure that is out there because they are essential workers, be it, you know, healthcare professionals or whatever the particular profession is that is deemed essential. You know, there are teachers that are sitting at home in, in their house with their kids and they're, you know, tired of homeschooling them. 
They do that every day. They're people that have never homeschooled their children and now they're, you know, have this experience. And then they're people that are, you know, not all right. Their home situation and sitting at home is not necessarily safe for so many varied factors. And the point is, how can we be a servant to them? How can we be of use? Because that's what servanthood is all about. You know, another example that's used in another resource that I was reading back to the church was, you know, somebody was in the church, you know, working on uh, in the gym for this upcoming party. And she hears the noise and goes and looks and finds it's the pastor of the church that's painting the uh, door, painting an area that people may or may not see. And that particular person brought up how, you know, sometimes in church and in our lives, there's so many things that go on that are not glamorous. They're not at all like the title would say that it's supposed to be. Yet we do them because it's about serving others. We do them because it's about uplifting others. And during this time, I think it's so important, not just this time, but all the time. But, you know, we're going to highlight the fact that this time people need some different things or they need more things that you know maybe weren't prevalent before reaching out to your fellow community members seeing how they're doing speaking to people texting and calling using platforms that allow people to see each other to still have that level of community and rather so they won't feel isolated is needed you can do that whether you're a ministry leader or not but it is essential and i want you to think about that how can you be of service how can you be of aid to your fellow neighbors? How many times in our lives do we think that something is a task or doing something is insignificant when it's actually needed? People need to know that they're cared for, that you're concerned about their well-being. Whether you do that in a phone call, whether you do that in a text, whether you do that in a face-to-face app, do it and do it today. That's all I have for you today, rethinking servanthood and how we can be servants during this time. I hope I've said something that has encouraged your heart, encouraged your spirit and your mind. And so let's close with a word of prayer. Lord, replace my prideful spirit with the heart of genuine love for others. Help me see and know my neighbors. Help me be available, be accessible to love on them in word, action, and deed however that may need to be done. Thank you for your example of service, of grace, of compassion, of kindness, of unfailing love. Help us continue to be more and more like you. In Jesus' name, we pray. That's all I have for you today. You can always reach out to the podcast at Encouraging Your Spirit Podcast at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. How would your relationships change if you thought of others? Look for a way to serve someone today. And we want to hear from you. How do you feel about serving others? What have been your experiences? Because those are the things I think that are most impactful in our life. Closing thought. I know I said I was going to close. I'm I'm coming to the close. So I just had this example. I can remember being in Florida and I was doing some work at the church and Someone knocked on the door and the pastor went up and got the door and it was somebody that needed some food. And I remember watching the pastor go in the kitchen, heat up some soup and put it in a bowl with a spoon and a napkin and off and made a sandwich. 
and sat with that person. And I remember thinking that is so loving. That is so kind. I didn't know that man. It didn't matter if you, you didn't know him. It was somebody that was hungry and you took time to feed him. In my own life, I can think about how, you know, moving to Illinois, I was so concerned about would I ever find another space and place to be? And my wife was having surgery. And I I thought, you know, maybe the most the pastor would at, you know, at that time would just call us on the phone. It was such an uplift to my spirit to have 5.30 a.m. in the morning and see this particular pastor walking across the parking lot to sit with us and pray with us and talk with us and just be present until my wife was rolled into surgery. That to me meant so much. And you think about that during, you know, this time, what can you do that'll mean so much to your neighbor, to the person that's your coworker, to any human that you may come in contact with, whether you're a ministry leader or not. You don't have to be in ministry to serve. You don't have to be the pastor. You don't have to be the deacon. You don't have to be the elder to serve, to be of use, to be available, to love and be a resource and serve people. That's all I have. Thanks so much for tuning in. You have a great week. Talk to you next time.